Another week, another mock draft. This time, a trend is starting to emerge. That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schuber back with you once again. As always, hope everyone is having a great start to their Wednesday. We have another mock draft, two rounds from Keith Sanchez to talk about. And we're going to take a little bit of a different approach here because I think there is a trend emerging here. So we're not going to do our normal, go through a lot of the picks. We'll go through some of them, but a trend that I think is emerging that I'd love to share with you guys and hopefully get your guys' thought about, uh, thoughts about as we uh, go through this. But before we do that, got to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs of the season. You're always going to find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends over at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. They're always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, such as the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. All you got to do, head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. All you got to do, just use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet Online, where the game starts. And so, you guys know the drill by now, but for those of you who might be new here, might be stumbling across this episode for the first time, Keith Sanchez dropped his latest mock draft version 4.0, so his first uh, foray into the two-round mock draft here, and it is always fun to see the behind-the-scenes of how these things work, because I get a chance to see Keith every day in the meetings, we get to talk about the process of putting together the mock draft, and I see some of the struggles, some of the question marks, he, he crowdsources a little bit, they all do, all the scouts do, when they have these conversations, trying to figure out, hey, is this the right team fit for this team, and so it's always fun to see the process of how the, the, the final product gets put together. So his first run at a two-round mock draft. And again, if this is your first time listening to this type of show, you should have the mock draft open while we're doing this. Uh, or if you've already seen the mock draft, you're going to be well-suited to be able to have this conversation. And what I think is going to be the most interesting part of this, and this is where we're going to start, and maybe we'll dive into the weeds on some of the quarterback spots because they're different in this mock draft. Uh, and we'll do that a little bit later. But there are some new names that make their way into the first round of Keith's mock draft. And so we're going to go through them. And I'm not going to talk about them individually one by one, but I'm going to say them all, group them all together, and then I'm going to make a larger point. So at number eight, Keith has the Las Vegas Raiders taking Andrew Voorhees, interior offensive lineman from USC. At number 15, the Detroit Lions taking DJ Turner, corner out of Michigan. You have Colby Wooden, edge out of Auburn, going 21 to the New England Patriots. Emil Echior, interior offensive lineman from Alabama, going number 25. Anton Harrison, offensive tackle out of Oklahoma, going 29 to Kansas City. Jalen Hyatt makes an appearance at 31. So some of these names, brand new, have not been seen in the mock draft process so far. Some of them, very rarely, but they've been in there before. And I think Jalen Hyatt's one of those names, where I think he's been in there before. Maybe Anton Harrison has been in there before as well. But not a name that we see very often. And I think that's the point that I want to make here on today's show, is that with each one of these passing mock drafts, whether it's Keith, whether it's Joe, Kyle, Dame, Brentley, whoever the whoever it may be inside the TDN family. The thing I keep coming away from, and listen, I'm not a scout, I'm not part of the TDN scouting team. They're the ones that watch the film. They're the ones that do a deep dive. I watch my fair share of film, and I, and I know which players I like, which I don't like, but I can't talk about it uh, with the detail that those guys can. But the thing I can take away from, the thing I can infer from when looking at all of this is, man, it is wild after maybe the first five, six, ten players in this draft class, that there is not a settled upon, here are the top 32. Here are the top 25. Here are the top 40. It is 
somewhat of a choose-your-own-adventure. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I mean, let's be fair here. Let's talk about this. I think we all agree Will Anderson, a top-five player, probably the top player in the draft class. I think we all probably agree Jalen Carter, a top-five player, maybe the best player in the draft class. I think we look at Bijan Robinson, a running back, and so you play the positional value game, but in terms of talent, a top-five player in this draft class, right? Those three you feel pretty, pretty, pretty good about, right? You feel very comfortable about those guys. Miles Murphy, Brian Brzee, Tyree Wilson, also names that are pretty well respected as these are top 10 players in the draft class. But after that, is there a consensus about players? For TDN, our ninth-rated player, he's just the player I'm looking at right now because I have the latest TDN 100 open in front of me. By the way, if you haven't seen, the December version of the TDN 100 has released a new update, more players, new names, people moving up and down the board. You should check that out as well. Number nine is Oregon corner Christian Gonzalez. Love the player. Understand why he's number nine. But Keely Ringo's also in the conversation. Cam Smith's also in the conversation. Joey Porter Jr.'s also in the conversation. There is sort of this, there are going to be other people who don't think Christian Gonzalez is CB1. And I think that's my big takeaway here is there is a very unsettling feeling after maybe the first six or seven players of a big board. Not of a mock draft, but of a big board. Because mock drafts in the real draft, they work a little differently. You don't go strictly based off the big board. There's positional needs that move certain positions down the board, and it gets a little weird. But just on a big board, ranking the players 1 through 100, like we do over at TDN each and every month, there is, after the first, I would say, five or six, it gets a little weird. Because I'm looking at the top five for TDN. Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, B. John Robinson, Miles Murphy, Brian Bessie. That's been the five for a pretty long time in some fashion. After that, Tyree Wilson's been a little bit of a late riser. Bryce Young's our QB1. He wasn't our QB1 a couple of months ago. Michael Mayer is a top 10 player. Christian Gonzalez moves up to CB1. Broderick Jones is OT1. Those are names that two months ago they were not. And so this is a fluid process that moves up and down and back and forth. And I think the one thing I feel very confident about right now, and we still have bowl games, don't know how much we're going to learn from that. We've still got the Senior Bowl. We've got the Shrine Bowl. We've got the All-Star Game circuit. We have the Combine. We have Pro Days. We have all of these other pieces of data. And I talk about this on the show all the time, that there are these extra data points that are able to complete, be able to put together as complete of a picture as possible for everybody to make a determination. But as we sit right now, December 14th, with most of the hay in the barn in terms of game film, it feels like this draft in 2023 could be the wild, wild west. That there are going to be more... And I mean this with all due respect. There are going to be more Cole Strange-like picks where it's a guy that you didn't really have in the first round, but a team really covets that player, and they make a selection. It feels as if there are going to be a lot more of those after maybe pick 12 to 15. That that back half, you're going to see a lot of teams trying to trade out, and I think you're going to see a lot of teams really put an emphasis on, listen, we like this guy. There's a lot of unknowns here. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of... Beauty in the eye of the beholder. You are betting on high ceilings. And I think teams are going to start to take more of those risks because there aren't more, I think, certainties after the first 10, 12, 15 picks. Because, again, you're going to have some quarterbacks that get pushed up into this as well, right? Only one quarterback in the top 10 for us over at TDN. But, listen, Will Levis is probably going to go pretty high. C.J. Stroud is probably going to go pretty high. Anthony Richardson is probably going to go pretty high. And so when you push those up, you can slot those guys in there and you can say, okay, maybe it's a bit of a reach, but it's a quarterback that we anticipate them going in the first round. But then I think when you get past 15, you're going to start to see some names that you personally might not covet all that much. Maybe over at TDN, we don't 
don't have them inside our top, you know, 45, 50, they might go in that first round because, again, I think beauty is going to be in the eye of the beholder in more ways than one in this year's draft class because I don't think there are a lot of consensuses about some of these players. And so that was my big takeaway from Keith because he's got names in there that I know that I haven't seen Kyle put in there, that I know I, I haven't seen Joe put in there, Dame, Brentley. And the reason why I think that's so fascinating is Keith looks at those players and say, look, this team's got a need. This player makes a lot of sense. I'm going to put him there. I'm not going to worry about where he is value-wise. I know this is a, 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 a team need for this team. This is a player that could be a first-round player. I'm not going to think twice about it. And so that, to me, is the fascinating thing because where you, you Keith might think that way about Andrew Voorhees, Joe, Kyle, Brentley, Damian, they might not think that same way, and so Andrew Voorhees might be in the first round. Just to use one example, that was the first player that came off the board that I thought was, was a shock. So that, to me, is the big takeaway, is that we are really starting to see that I think we're in for we're in for a bumpy ride. I think we are in for a very fun draft night. Again, a lot can change between now and then, but I think after those first ten picks, I would I would buckle up, folks, because I have no idea what draft night is going to look like. Because I think you're going to see some teams not necessarily reach, but I think you're going to see some names that you might personally think ah it's around two player. Ah, I wouldn't take that guy that high. But that team's going to fall in love with that player because they're going to fall in love with the potential. And in a draft that's probably very more potential-heavy than it is certainty, this is a proven commodity. You know what this, this guy's going to be at the next level. I think you're going to see that a lot more. Okay, we'll do the thing here on the show. I, I'm not going to leave you hanging. We'll talk about the quarterbacks because there are some interesting spots. Bryce Young goes number one to Houston. I will continue to say it. I would hate that for Bryce. I think Bryce is a very talented quarterback, but I think the system's really going to matter for him, and I think the situation's really going to matter for him you got to set him up for success, and boy, the Texans, they've got a lot of problems. A lot, a lot, a lot of problems. And I just don't know if Bryce Young is a guy that can overcome all of the other things that are going to be left unaddressed because they take a quarterback at number one. So that would be kind of my, my pause there. Number nine, the Carolina Panthers taking Will Levis. Listen, I think you're going to start to see this a lot. Carolina, they're in a playoff race right now. They're not that far off talent-wise. They might be in a position to take a quarterback. You can, you're able to do some things in free agency to shore up some of your other areas. Yeah, I think a quarterback makes a ton of sense for them. We scroll down. Number 18, C.J. Stroud, quarterback of Ohio State to the New York Jets. And this one, Keith and I had a, had a nice off-air conversation about this because I was like, Keith, what are you doing to my boys here? I like C.J. a lot. I, I think C.J.'s you know, going to get taken pretty high. I, I would be very shocked if the New York Jets took another first-round quarterback this year. I, I, don't, I would not rule it out in the future, but I think this year. Look at the way the Jets are playing right now. They're 7-6 and six as we record this podcast. They're in the, the midst of an AFC playoff race. They're a young team on both offense and defense. This is not a one-year flash in the pan. They are building something, and they are potentially opening a window for themselves to be a perennial playoff uh, contender year in and year out. Now, they got to make some strides going from year one to year two of this young core that they've built, but you like the coaching staff. You like some of the young talent, Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed, what they were able to do on defense, Quinn Williams. You love Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall coming back, Elijah Vera Tucker, a lot of things to like on the offensive side of the ball. And so I don't know if hitting the reset button at the quarterback position. And listen, is the, uh, the expectation in New York after the year that they've had is it's going to be playoffs or bust next year. Is that, is that a fair expectation to put on C.J. Stroud? Is, it, is, is the fair expectation that C.J. Stroud can lead a team to the playoffs in year one of his NFL career? Put C.J. Stroud on any team in the National Football League that would be taking a quarterback in this draft. Is the expectation that he's going to come in and immediately light it up and immediately take that team from where they are picking very high to being able to be a playoff team? No, I don't think so. I think there's we like CJ, we like a lot of the tools, but it's going to take some time. There's going to be there's a projection there. And so I just don't know if the Jets are going to be interested in taking uh, a, a rookie quarterback in the in the first round here and 
having that guy immediately be the starter and immediately ask that kid, yeah, hey, hey, kid, we drafted you in the first round. Hey, CJ, go lead us to the playoffs. I don't think they're going to do that. What I think is more likely if they're going to go a younger quarterback route through the draft is they bring Mike White back. Mike White back. They sign him to a two, three-year deal, make him a bridge guy, and then they'll take a quarterback probably on day two to be able to work under Mike White and develop the quarterback that way. I do not think they would take a quarterback in the first round. That's not the last quarterback. Anthony Richardson, number 22, to the Washington Commanders. And listen, now that we know Anthony Richardson is going to be declaring for the NFL draft, makes it a lot easier to slot him in for teams. And I think those tools, I think those traits are going to wow some teams, and they're going to take a chance on, hey, we're going to get this guy with these tools in our building. We trust our coaching staff uh, to be able to – get the most out of him. Washington's a team that I think is is in a similar boat to the New York Jets. Taylor Heineke feels like at most a bridge quarterback. The Carson Wentz thing didn't work out. I think Washington might finally turn to, hey, let's take a younger quarterback in the draft in the first round. Let's use a top pick to get a guy in this building that we think can be our franchise quarterback moving forward because they've tried every other route and it hasn't really worked. So I think that is the direction uh, that makes the most sense for the Washington Commanders. Now, I will tell you, this will be fun. I have not seen the second round of this mock draft in full. And so I'm going to scroll through it in real time and see if there are any quarterbacks that, that have gone off the board that I think are worthwhile. And so I'm scrolling as I'm talking to you, and I have not seen one yet. And so after the four in the first round, uh, I don't see anybody so far. We're really late here in the first round. I'm all the way down to pick 60. There's not a lot of picks left. So no, no second round uh, quarterbacks for Keith Sanchez. That's been a theme. Joe did the same thing. Remember that? That you have all those quarterbacks go in the first round, three or four, and then none in the second round. And I think that's a very uh, interesting talking point that I talked about on a show maybe two or three weeks ago, and I think is one that's going to continue to develop. So my current themes right now for the NFL draft, we are trending towards uh, quarterbacks getting picked in the first round, but then there being that weird logjam, I think, in the second round and maybe into the third round where you don't see a lot of guys go because there's a lot of talent in other positions, corner, safety, wide receiver, the linebackers fall in Keith's mock. Uh, and I think those positions maybe get pushed up a little bit, and some of these project quarterbacks get pushed down the board a little bit into the third round. So that's theme number one. And then I think theme number two is after maybe about eight to ten players, five, eight, ten players, I'm not really sold on the number, but at tens the most I'll go, it gets really weird. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder, and there is a guy that could be number 11 on somebody's personal board. That's number 32 on another person's board. And I think the teams are going to vary very differently in the way that they evaluate this draft class, and it is going to make for a very weird uh, and interesting and exciting draft night. So those are the big takeaways that I've had so far, and that's what these mock drafts allow me to kind of put together here. I, I look at these and I go, hmm, that's interesting. I haven't seen any of the other scouts do that, and then some trends can emerge. So hope you enjoyed this journey through another mock draft. If you haven't seen it, all uh, 63 picks from Keith with analysis over on the draftnetwork.com so highly recommend you going to check that out uh should should be a fun week in football we've got thursday night football starting tomorrow three games on saturday so uh fun uh, close to the week here with two more shows before we get into a big football weekend in the nfl playoff picture hope everybody has a great rest of their wednesday thanks as always to ben online for their continued support of the podcast everybody make it a great day i'll talk to you all tomorrow